the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this Friday episode of the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. It is the 22nd of October, and I am your host, Ron Cabuno. Thank you very much for tuning in once again. Well, we've got a lot to cover on today's show, and we're going to get to it right away. The Brownies got it done last night. The Ohio BMV did not, plus a bunch of other national and local news. But first, let's start with the tornadoes. It was a hairy time for a little bit yesterday evening when a couple of cells were running through the valley. And actually, there was a tornado that touched down in the Meander Reservoir area. But I got to tell you, what struck me was the coverage. Because as much as we love the internet, when emergencies strike, what do we do? We go right back to tried and true legacy television. We turn on the big three and we find out what's going on through our local news. And so, of course, when the tornado sirens started going off, I did what any sane Mahoning Valley resident does. You go in search of Wetzel's pretzels. That's right, Paul Wetzel, my absolute favorite meteorologist in the valley. Sometimes a bit of a fear monger in the winter months, but who isn't in the meteorological business? That is where they make their bread. But yeah, I made sure that I went and checked him out right away, and I couldn't believe what they were offering. Stan Boney was out on the road, I think out on a bridge out on the highway, doing reporting right from the scene. It was like our little local Jim Cantori. Together with Mr. Wetzel, and with the ever-vigilant Ryan Halicki, they provided a trio of reliable coverage until the storms passed. So hats off to that weather team for being there for everybody in a pinch. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the state of Ohio through the BMV has released a brand new edition of the license plate for our fair state, and it's not too bad except for one glaringly ridiculous screw-up involving a historical artifact. It turns out whoever made this really kinda nice plate didn't know which side of the Wright brothers' plane was the front and which was the back. So they had the little banner that says birthplace of aviation coming off of the front and having the plane flying backwards, essentially. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. I think DeWine said in a tweet that the uh, mistake would be rectified before they were put into production, but I was really hoping to get one of these one-off mistake plates. Anyways, the rest of the plate's not too bad. It's got a cityscape, it's got a countryscape. I see a kid on a swing, fields of grain, very idyllic. Looks a lot like the tub of butter plate that they had about a decade ago just a little more toned down and abstracted. I won't be switching over to it anytime soon, but it's not the worst thing in the world. In some weird Hollywood news, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Alec Baldwin has apparently accidentally killed a cinematographer and wounded the director of a movie he's working on right now when those folks were struck by the discharge of a prop gun that he was using while acting. I mean, you wanna talk about a freak accident. Apparently, the guy was inconsolable and crying when the press went to talk to him. But as my wife said, that definitely had some reminiscent feels of when Bruce Lee's son Brandon died on the set of The Crow in a similar fashion. Our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone involved in that terrible mishap. Also, in that case of national news with local ties, the 17 Mennonite missionaries who were in Haiti doing their good work and were kidnapped some short time ago, have now been threatened to be killed by the gang leader holding them if their ransom demands are not met. Apparently the US 
and intergovernmental organizations have boots and teams on the ground working trying to get these people free. Let's hope that is exactly what happens and that none of them come into harm's way. In much, much better news, the brownies squeaked one out. I'm sorry, there is no segue from Mennonite hostages to the brownies, but that's how we're going to do it here on the pod today. Come on, guys. I know you guys stayed up and watched that one with me. If not, let me give you a recap. Baker Mayfield might be in trouble for his job. Case Keenum came correct. And maybe all we needed back was Jedrick Wills, because getting this rookie tackle back in our offensive line was enough to help basically an unlimited stable of running backs be successful. Because last night, some dude named Ernest Johnson had almost 150 yards for us in the win. Not to mention the defense really finally came to show up and play, and Kevin Stefanski keeps dazzling with his play calling. So hats off to the fair team from the shores of Lake Erie. We've got another really tough test up against the hated rivals, Pittsburgh Steelers, next week. Glad we were able to get this win in preparation for that one. In medical news, the CDC has now expanded the booster shot program to many more people, including anyone from vulnerable populations or people who work in vulnerable areas. And they've also given the green light to mixing and matching, especially if you got that Johnson & Johnson. Please go and get one of the mRNA vaccines as soon as possible. That will greatly increase your efficacy. In political news, the House voted 229 to 202, which means that all but nine Republicans voted no to the measure to hold Steve Bannon in contempt for flouting the subpoena they served to him regarding the January 6th insurrection. I would like to thank those people on the Republican side of the aisle for doing what is right for this country and not putting the party first. I believe now their recommendation goes over to the DOJ to see what they want to do about it. It's a really sad state of affairs, and it's apparently what the Founding Fathers worried about the most. Whether or not the norms and the checks and balances that we had in place to fight against this type of insurrection from within will have any teeth, and that is all yet to be seen. In related and unfortunate news, Donald Trump is launching his Truth Social app, or whatever it's going to be. Hopefully it does a little bit better than his blog, which he took down because of disinterest after just a, cute, a couple weeks. This new social media platform will be for all the true believers of patriotism out there who cannot be bothered by certain things as civility, facts, and the constraints of democracy. And I will leave you with this little nugget. Tomorrow is iPod Day. And not only that, it's a big iPod Day anniversary. It's the 20th anniversary of the iPod. I don't know about you, in my almost 40 years old age, I tend to rely on the standards. And by that I mean really old music, like classical and jazz and stuff from the 50s and 60s. But back when I was a young whippersnapper and sucking up any kind of music that would come my way, the iPod was revelatory. You're talking to someone who's from the generation that had giant black notebooks full of compact discs either flopping around the backseat of their car or strapped to their sun visors, which were never usable again in their proper form. So as soon as you were able to put literally hundreds of albums worth of music into one little tiny box that fit inside your pocket, it was game on. Video most certainly killed the radio star, but the MP3 probably killed the album. 
as soon as you were able to shuffle away and not needed to look at cover art before you picked your selection, the way we consumed the, the very music that we owned took on a whole new approach. It's taken me quite some time to come full circled and, and to understand why a complete album is so special when done correctly, but just the portability of that much information and that much awesome material is something we can all be grateful for. And with that, I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thank you very much for tuning into the show, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you.